Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Practice of Presence. In this podcast, Eckhart discusses with a live audience one of his key spiritual teachings, the practice of presence. He says presence arises when we free ourselves of incessant thinking and roll back the ego so our essential true self can shine through. As we become more adept at the practice, he says it's possible to stay in the present moment through all of life's ups and downs. You don't have to be as slow as I am to be present. I'm not always slow, but often. Interesting thing to find out for yourself if you've reached a stage in your spiritual evolution where you're able to choose to be free of thinking without exerting willpower to suppress thought and without stopping your breathing and without engaging in a life-threatening activity which could easily stop your mind. Walking on a tightrope will certainly stop your mind for two seconds before you fall off. Now, some of you are able to do that when you're not being disturbed by anything or anybody. Everything is fine. You're sitting quietly in your room or outside, and then you just go There's an intensity of awareness, but there's no willpower. You're not willing it to happen. You're not willing you're not suppressing thought. If you're not yet there, that's fine. You can choose other ways of taking attention away from the stream of thinking by placing attention on sensory perception into your body, the inner body, or on your breathing that's happening naturally. So. As the Buddha said, when they asked how to attain enlightenment, he said, just be aware that you're breathing. Now, as long as you're aware that you're breathing, you can't be thinking. So he didn't say, don't think. He said, be aware of your breath. So your attention moves away from mind and goes 
You feel the inflow and outflow of the breath. You even feel every subtle movement of the breath where it enters your nose, then it flows in and then it flows out and you follow it with your attention. And then at some point you could let go of that too. Then you're just not thinking. The important thing is you're above thinking. We're not talking about falling below thinking. And then you're able to be in that state of pure awareness or presence even while things happen. That's next step, so to speak. Even while you're talking to your attorney, there's a court case coming up. Are you able to be in presence while you listen to what he has to say? Or there's an obnoxious person in your vicinity. This is not an uncommon occurrence. <laughs> Since a greater part of humans, if not are obnoxious, but periodically become obnoxious, in other words, very unconscious. Humans move to different levels of consciousness and unconsciousness. It's not always the same person that you meet. It's a delusion to think once you have become acquainted with somebody that this is going to be the same person you're going to meet the next day because he or she may be in a very different state of consciousness the next day or when an event happens to trigger that person into diminished consciousness and then one of the sub-personalities that is associated with that diminished consciousness is suddenly there and talking to you. Who are you? And that's even more shocking if this happens after you've signed a contract that says you're going to live with this person for the rest of your life. And then the mind comes up with strange conclusions. I won't trust anybody anymore. He really let me down. He's a liar. He's just pretending to be nice. He was so nice when I, be, I no, no, I know he was just pretending. No, he was nice. Perhaps he was at a relatively more conscious stage at that time, but now he's not nice because something that you said triggered him and another sub-personality emerged, so to speak, or somebody mentioned the word money. <laughs> you owe me. <laughs> and you can observe it in yourself that you're sometimes more conscious than at other times. You're sometimes very present, even in a challenging situation. At other times, a challenging situation or person pulls you into unconscious reactivity. And then you wake up a few minutes or an hour later or a day. As more consciousness emerges through you, the, the time period between unconsciousness and waking up again out of an unconscious reactive episode is shorter. You don't stay in it for a week complaining about people and what they did to you. Your mind never stops replaying a situation in your mind. Different versions of it that could have happened if you only had said the right thing. <laughs> and then you can imagine but next time confront you're confronted with this person how it's going to unfold.
and you feel angry and can't sleep at night and you don't even know what's happening to you until something suddenly it actually is like waking up out of a uh, dreamlike state what was that all about so as far as trusting other people is concerned uh, can you trust people yes trust everybody to behave you can trust that they will behave according to their level of consciousness at any given time complete trust no more is possible. Now to be more integrated, to be a human being that is no longer taken over by reactive episodes to such an extent that virtually another person emerges temporarily, there needs to be more awareness that there still may be remnants of these subpersonalities surviving for a certain period of time in you, but they no longer take you over that you can still feel the energy behind it when certain things happen. But what awareness does, it integrates all that. It's no longer one entity that takes you over completely. And as, of course, especially the pain body as the, the most powerful sub-personality. And the pain body may even have two or three aspects to it. So it could be divided into two or three other sub But let's treat the pain body as one huge sub-personality when it comes up. To have that no longer controlling you, that requires that energy field of awareness around it, its presence around it. And then you know it's still there but it doesn't take over anymore. Or if it does, then immediately after you know, oops, there it was. So eventually awareness, then be, you become a, an integrated being with still a few energy flows here and there, but not a big deal anymore. We'll have some questions, but before, I'll just read two or three questions that people have been sending in questions to people who are watching us, who are with us, but elsewhere in time, uh, in space, and eventually in time too, <laughs> except that it's always the present moment. So time ultimately is an illusion, but on a conventional level, we talk about time. I forgot to say hello to everybody who is not physically present here, but present somewhere else on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> this question tends to come up very often, so it is a question that quite a few people have. If we live with a person who is unconscious a lot of the time, Is it possible to have a harmonious relationship whether the person totally awakens or not? <laughs> that seems to be a recurring problem for many people. <laughs> now, if you have brought your unconscious partner here, <laughs> and he or she actually came along, that means not all is lost if he or she is still here. <laughs> so it depends in what way the unconsciousness of the person that you live with manifests from being in negative states and misinterpreting what you say or do, anger, verbal abuse, 
and then he goes higher up on the scale of unconsciousness to physical abuse. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. So if the unconsciousness is not too high up on that level of intensity, it may be possible to live with a person who may not share, not only not share your interest in spiritual evolution, but have no idea what you are practicing or reading or talking about if you try to point something out. That person may just be uninterested. And then if you go up on the scale of unconsciousness, then another person may be hostile towards what you're doing. And there's a big difference. In both cases, there's unconsciousness. Your partner may just have no idea what it is, but say, well, yeah, go listen to that guy, Eckhart. I don't know why you go there, but uh, that's okay. I'll be fine. Uh, that's fine. So you can live with that person. And then another one gets angry. Says, Why do you always have to see? I can't stand it anymore. Or whatever, criticize. So you, got, you might be able to live with that. What you can live with, only you can know whether you can continue your presence practice and bring surrender into the situation with this person. And miracles are possible. Miracles do happen. And sometimes the seemingly most unconscious person can suddenly shift. Now, if that person is very unconscious, usually what is required is some blow, not you physically uh, doing it. I'm speaking metaphorically. Life administers some blow in the form of big loss, accident, illness, and then deeply unconscious people who are very much trapped in their ego can sometimes suddenly open up. The ego gets cracked. You may sometimes observe that when a person with a big ego is unconscious, when they become ill, they're lying in bed, and they, sometimes the ego gets even stronger, it seems, but for some people, the ego, there isn't enough energy left to keep the ego going in that because the illness absorbs so much energy, so there's no, not enough energy for, and, and suddenly, this person who was never a genuine person that you couldn't talk to heart to heart because there was always egoic posturing and egoic role playing there, and suddenly, this person is ill, lying in bed, 
There just isn't enough energy for posturing and role playing. And, and then for the first time, this is, I've observed it a few times, people have told me and have personally observed, for the first time you can communicate with that person in a deeper level of presence. This can also happen when people who had a huge ego all throughout their lives when they're approaching death. Sometimes miracles of transformation can happen in the last moments, in the last days, or in the last weeks of a person's life, when resentments that had been building up over a lifetime and other narratives of an extremely negative nature are let go of, can happen. It can also happen when a person is ill that when this person recovers, that shift that you observed doesn't last. And the moment strength returns to that person, the old egoic patterns are back. And it's like, oh my God, you're your old self again. <laughs> you were so nice when you were ill. <laughs> Loving and present and open, well, just wait. Things will happen again. So if there's abuse, and these are more pronounced manifestations of unconsciousness, if there's verbal abuse, can you live with such a person? Only you can know whether you're prepared to do that, whether you can sustain your presence practice, perhaps not. Physical abuse, if you stay with physical abuse in the hope that this person will become transformed. That is probably a delusion, but I cannot tell you what to do. But if you are alert and vigilant and observe yourself in the presence of that person, you will know what to do. You just have to see that the right course of action is not being sabotaged by certain patterns that remain in your mind. Mental emotional patterns such as fear of being alone, fear, loss of security, perhaps the security of being with another person, even if it's fear of the unknown, stepping into the unknown. So you may be held back by certain patterns in your mind. And if you're present enough, you can recognize that and then go beyond it. One more question from here, or, or maybe one or two. Now, the reason why I don't select people, because if I pointed, you would have no idea who I'm pointing at. So the spotlight is on you now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for these teachings, Eckhart. My question is, you talked in The Power of Now about listening with the body. And my work as a coach, probably some other people here work in helping other people too, so hopefully it serves others as well. I find it so challenging if I'm coaching you, interacting with you, I'm 100% in the external. I just find that in that moment, I'm so externally focused, and yet I totally understand this concept and believe with my heart that there is this greater intelligence that I want to be able to be present for to best serve my clients. So I wonder if you have any recommendations for that. What kind of coaching? 
So I'm a certified high-performance coach, so I basically help people to experience the feeling of full engagement and presence, some joy, confidence that comes from living from and into their full potential. So it's a kind of life teaching how to, how to live effectively and... Yes, yes, although it is a process and that we take people through, but so much of my job is, is really listening and speaking less. And so that's what I seek to do. There's some of my teaching, but it is okay. listening more than speaking. So how do you experience the listening when you listen? Somebody talks, uh, what, your attention is totally on the words, or what is the... I close my eyes, and I feel them. I absolutely feel their heart, and I hear their words. I seek to hear their hopes and aspirations and struggles and the cracks to sort of dig in to best help them. Yes. And that's the thing. It's like there's, I just know there's this next level. Well, the foundation true listening is to feel yourself while you listen rather than trying to feel the other person, mm -hmm. but to be aware of yourself as the awareness through which listening happens. That usually affects your entire body. So, so you listen, you can feel that. When you feel yourself, there is almost a physical aspect to it that almost the cells in your body feel more alive. But there's also a deeper aspect to it, and that is you can sense your own awareness. You can sense that you are alert and aware beyond any words. But that alertness and awareness also affects the feeling of the cells in your body, but it is deeper than the physical body, of course, it's, it's deeper than that. So your interest in the other person and your desire to help the other person takes you out, it takes you into your mind and it takes you out there because you so genuinely want to engage and help. But the greatest help, the foundation for truly very powerful help is to be connected with the essence of yourself, that primary. And then from there you listen. And then out of that words come. Now, of course, you have studied whatever ways you use to teach people. You've studied all that, so you have a considerable amount of knowledge in your mind and you apply that knowledge, that's fine and good. But if you are connected with your essence identity, as I am in, as I sit here, I would not be able to say very much if I were not one with my essence identity that the person has relatively little to do with it. It just floats around on the surface. So all the words really come out of that. Then the way in which you communicate would also become more intuitive. And in addition to applying the knowledge that you have acquired, which is still useful, Another element would come into your interaction with the person and that is a very creative and intuitive element and you may surprise yourself with things that suddenly you say to the other person and you find yourself saying things that you didn't know that you knew. And of course you didn't know them until you said them. They come out, so there's an added dimension that will then come into your work with the other person and this intuitive element where you continuously surprise yourself 
It's almost then as if you were listening to, oh, that was so interesting what I said. <laughs> Where did that come from? That often happens to me. <laughs> but to be rooted in being while you listen, and listening is a great thing. Listening is such a vital, vital thing to be able to listen. It's much more than when we say, listening to another person goes far beyond auditory perception. True listening implies that you feel yourself, your, your conscious presence. In other words, you are aware that you are aware at this moment. And the awareness is listening, not the person. And while you're listening, you're not preparing the next thing that you're going to say to that person. So to some extent, when you listen in that way, you temporarily let go of your knowledge. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. You temporarily let go of your acquired knowledge. When you need it, it'll be there. But temporarily, you listen in that state of seeming not knowing, seeming ignorance, because there's no thought in it. There's just high alertness. So from a certain point of view of the, the ego, it would seem that you've, you've voluntarily entered that space of ignorance. But it's not ignorance. It's only ignorance from the point of view of conceptual knowledge. There's a deep knowing there, as opposed to conceptual knowledge. And as you practice that, you actually will be able to bring the two together. So you can still apply your acquired knowledge, but at the same time, it will be infused with creativity and intuition. And so new things will flow into it. So the two come together. It can also happen with some people who do this for a long, long time, that gradually the creative and intuitive dimension operates more and more frequently. And after a few years, the acquired knowledge plays a very small part and in some cases even disappears. And something totally new is then coming out of you and that could become a new modality again that then other people study. And you write a book about it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it works, but the, the foundation is feeling your presence. And you practice that, practice it with simple conversations where you're not actually trying to help anybody. Oh yes, of course, also this idea that you have to help this person is still an idea. It's also good to let go of that, that you're not trying to help. This attempt 
to help, it can be an obstacle to, to going deeper. If I thought I have to help you all, that wouldn't work very well. Yeah, thank you very thank much. You. My question, I, I read your books, and there's one little phrase that you have, and I listened to the tape you've done with Oprah, that the 10 sessions you did about five times, and you talk about it, but the part when you say life is the dancer and we are the dance and oprah said isn't it the other way around and you explained it somewhat but i didn't grasp it and 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 you being here in front of me is the most joyous thing in my life to have you answer that it's it's <laughs> i couldn't ask for anything more this is one of the most special times of my life so if, if you could answer that. I think a lot of people have that question too. Thank you. Your question is... Life is the dancer, Yes. and we are the dance, which okay. is the opposite of what we would think. Well, I believe what I meant was, it's always strange when one goes to the past and people say, what did you mean when you said that ten years ago? Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I went fairly deep, so... <laughs> The dancer and the dance, this analogy, if that's what it is that I used, is the dancer is the consciousness and life as it unfolds in the world of form and multiplicity on this planet and in many other places is the dance of life. The dancer is who you are in your essence. The dancer is God, ultimately, the one, the one consciousness. You are the one consciousness. And the oneness expresses itself as this so-called person or human being. This love, I love that expression, human being. You remember how I interpret human being? Human is the form. Being is the formless. Being is the dancer, mm -hmm. yes. and human is the dance. Right. That's, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah. Good evening. I'm French. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so the first time I read The Power of Now, I read the French version yes and it's been translated the power of the present moment yes and the more i'm listening to you the more i'm wondering if there isn't a huge translation mistake isn't it the power of presence couldn't we say that the now is the presence and not just the present moment ah interesting Yes. Le pouvoir du moment présent. Le pouvoir du moment présent. Okay, I got it. <laughs> the present moment is usually, when one speaks of present moment, most people will think that what we are talking about, not you, but, but the uninitiated, <laughs> <laughs> Most people will believe that we are talking about what's happening in the present moment. That's the present moment. What's the present? And therefore, since 
things that happen change continuously. Every moment something else happens, or if it's not every moment, but soon after something else happens. So one thing happens and then another and another. Nobody knows how many moments there are in one hour because there's no defined duration. But what most people do believe is that every day contains many moments. Every hour contains many moments. And then when we talk about the present moment, they say, what do you mean, present moment? Which one? This one? Oh, it's gone already. Uh, where is it? The now is somewhat better than the present moment. The now. The now is, again, could be misinterpreted as meaning what happens in the now. But when we say be aware of the now, what happens in the now, which is registered through your sense perceptions, obviously is one aspect of the now, but it is not the now. What happens in the now is an aspect of the now. So to speak, it's the surface phenomenon of the now. And that surface changes all the time. And then you have the now itself, which never changes. And you can verify it in your own life by asking yourself whether you have ever experienced, felt, done or thought anything that, that was not in the now. <laughs> and you can ask yourself whether anything could possibly happen ever in your life that is not in the now. So the now you cannot escape from. The form it takes changes your body, for example. When you look at your body 20 years from now, it won't be quite the same, but it will be the now, but something will have changed on the surface of now. <laughs> so the deeper meaning of, of now is not what happens. That's not what the now is. The now is the space, the eternal space in which it happens. And that eternal space in which it happens is consciousness itself. And consciousness is essentially who you are. So in other words, you are the now. I wish these words had come to me when I was writing The Power of Now. But these words that you are the now, the very important words, I mean, it's all implied, it's all there. But these words didn't come, they came after the book, book was already published, so it's too late to put it in, that's fine. People got it anyway, many people got it and are getting it. But so essentially, you are the now, if you understand what now is. And if we say you are the present moment, you are right. It's more misleading than to say you are the now. So the now is who you are in your essence, is inseparable from who you are in your essence. The now is inseparable from consciousness itself which is the space for everything to happen. But it seems that, that coming back to the translation, the translator probably thought that in, in French it didn't work quite as well as in English to say le pouvoir du maintenant or something. Yeah, or you could have said le pouvoir de la présence. 
Yes, but this would be a word that most readers wouldn't understand. The now they think they understand. <laughs> In presence, say presence, presence. Thank you. Thank you, Thank, Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. My heart is pounding out of my heart, of my oh. body. Oh, that's okay. You have been on my vision board for six years. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, so I interview a lot of people, lots of great healers, and I've learned that there's a mind-gut connection. And when people suppress their feelings, it brings disease in their body. So I'm also a certified life coach. And my question to you is, what is the difference between being in the moment, experiencing something that is happening to me or to you, and saying, let it go? How can I, when people are going through real feelings, how do I ask them to just let it go? Because I know that if they don't deal with it, it will create disease in their body. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes, thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> the feeling, first of all, needs to be acknowledged and accepted. You can't start with letting go, so you have to start with acknowledging it and accepting that it's there because it's part of what is, the isness of the present moment, mm -hmm. whether an external thing or an inner thing. It is what is. And to deny or to argue with what is creates suffering. So you acknowledge, you accept that it's there. Then how much time you need to be with it depends, varies from person to person and what, what kind of a feeling it is and so on. And then the question arises, what is the link between that feeling and your thought processes. The person needs to find out whether the thought processes keep that feeling alive continuously, whether they renew by playing out, for example, a past scenario in their minds, by reviving memories from the past, by dwelling on certain narratives that are painful, repeating them in their minds, that gives renewed energy to the feeling. Mm -hmm. So the first, the most important thing is to beware of both levels. What's the level of my thinking? How does that contribute to the perpetuation of what I feel? And so, you also then acknowledge that oh, these are the habitual thought patterns that go through my mind in relation to the feelings. And then you would begin to realize that 
the letting go, the most important step in letting go of feelings is to cut the link between your thinking and what you're feeling. How do you do that? You do it by being aware of your thinking and realizing that thinking is pain. It feeds the old feeling and the narrative, whatever it is, is a painful narrative and you realize that you've been keeping it alive for some years. There's some, enough awareness, you realize that it has no purpose except to make you unhappy and to perpetuate that feeling. However, you need, and this, this is how you can help, or, the, or any counselor or therapist or spiritual teacher can help the other person by observing the feeling and seeing how the mind, the mental narrative, has both the mental narrative and the feeling seem to have a life of their own. If they have been in, in there for a long, long time, they don't want to go. What they want is they want you to be identified with them. They don't want you to be conscious of them. So this is really the the mind aspect of the pain body and the emotional. The pain body is predominantly an emotion, mm -hmm. but there is a mental aspect that, that the pain body needs to rise up into your mind in order to feed on certain types of thinking, in this case, the old narrative. So you also need enough awareness to know that this thing does not want to go because there's a momentum behind thought patterns that have been active in your mind for a long time. So there's a momentum behind it. So you need to be acutely aware of the process of how it creates further pain. And when you look through it and see that's actually what it does, then you've recognized you cannot be deceived anymore by completely believing in it every time it happens. In other words, you see that you create your own pain ultimately. When you see that, that's the beginning of the end. And then you can reach a stage when the pain is no longer, the feeling is no longer fueled by thinking. Then you arrive at a stage where you realize, I don't need the feeling anymore. In fact, you don't need to let go because then when you do not revive it any continuously, it subsides by itself. So you don't need to actually say, I must let go. It lets go of you, rather than you need to let go. It's because you're no longer giving it energy. You're no longer feeding it. So that's the process. So you need to let go is a bit like saying you need to forgive. That's another one like that. You need to really need to forgive. Okay, I'll try. I'll really, I have you forgiven your parents? Yeah, I think I have. But, uh, <laughs> forgiveness again is in a similar way happens naturally when first of all you realize that no human being can act beyond their level of consciousness at that time when they acted. So if you haven't forgiven your parents, and yet, then you can see they behaved the way they did because they could not have done otherwise. My father, for example, I loved him 
dearly, well, especially after I became uh, uh, conscious. <laughs> uh, before I became conscious, I had a love-hate relationship with him. I found him very obnoxious, but, <laughs> but there was love there too, emotional love. But, but then, when I was free, I could love him unconditionally, and then I could see that pattern in him that gave me so much pain, his uncontrollable anger. Mostly, fortunately, not directed towards me, but directed towards my mother. But the anger that, that was directed by my father towards my mother hurt me probably more than it hurt my mother as a child. And his anger was so explosive, it could flare up at any moment. So you, you were always walking on eggshells. And then later I realized where that anger came from. Of course, it goes back to childhood, how he was treated in his family, the seventh child, the youngest child. Nobody wanted him anymore. The mother was tired. He wasn't given much attention. It originated from their anger towards his mother and so on and so on. And later I realized he could not help himself. He did not have the awareness he was taken over by this anger. And the moment I realized that he acted according to his level of consciousness at the time, I didn't need to forgive anymore because there was nothing to forgive anymore. And that's a beautiful thing. So again, similar to letting go of feelings, when enough awareness comes in, the feeling lets go of you and or becomes transmuted into something an energy field that is good. And so forgiveness again cannot really be practiced in the same way that letting go can't really be practiced. It just happens and then it, that's how it is. Yeah, thank you. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. And so let's just take a little silence, stillness. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. 
Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.